It's Thursday night. It's 8 p.m. Check your clocks, folks. You know what that means. It's time for your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we got stuff to get into tonight. Rumors are flying about what's going on with Warner Brothers and if they're talking to WWE. CM Punk is plotting out his 2024. We got a whole new gimmick match in NXT that looks like it's catching fire, and Ring of Honor has a show this weekend. All that and more coming up, folks. Stay with us. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast starts right now. it going folks it is thursday night your big old belt wrestling podcast is on the air thanks for joining us this evening as we get closer to the holiday season will here with silly Celis to my left giant crab jamal to my right gentlemen how is it going here as we are in the middle of december now I'm trying to stay good. healthy trying to stay healthy <laughs> i know that feeling I, I i was fighting something off this week myself if I don't sound quite like my normal self, that is why. But I'd rather get it out of the way now before uh, oh, for next week we get into the hot thick of the holidays. Yep. So if any bugs are coming through, hit now, please. <laughs> well, forever hold your peace. There you go. There you go. Some quick housekeeping before we get into things. Our non-spoiler review of the Iron Claw, the Von Erichs film with... um. Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White, all that stuff comes out December 22nd. Our, our non-spoiler review is up and here on the channel. It got posted this week and we have a full review that will be dropping shortly. We got it in the can ready to go since we have seen the film a couple weeks ago. So full Iron Claw coverage coming here to Big Gold Belt Media. But the non-spoiler review is up if you're looking to get a, a taste of what's going on and our immediate reactions. We taped it literally right after we saw the movie that same night. So our fresh take on uh, what we thought of it for folks as we get into the Von Erichs movie drop in in uh, just over a week now. So exciting times coming up in wrestling with that. Uh, let's see. I wasn't going to touch on this at first. Right before we came on the air, it was like, you know, this is all people have been talking about today. So, hell, let, let, let's get into it. Let's chop it up because I guess there's not enough going on news-wise that people have decided to make a story out of WWE might be talking to Warner Brothers. They might be trying to get Monday Night Raw on, 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 on the WB networks on TNT or on TBS. And, you know, let, let's be clear. SmackDown's going to USA. We know that. NXT's going to CW. And Raw is still very much in play. And supposedly these rumors now are heating up because with CM Punk there, now CM Punk officially on Raw, that, that's gotten folks' attention. And the rumor is that, you know, since he was in good with the brass at uh, Warner Brothers when he was working for AEW, that now, now they're curious, they're interested. Is the talk going around? How people know this, I, I don't know. I, these folks want to claim they know, they, I guess they got connections in the boardroom. Or something, but th this is all. I'll be clear. This is all just speculation that's going around today. I've not seen anything that seems like, oh, this is you know, there's smoke to the fire. But you know, <laughs> hell, at this point, anything can happen in wrestling. Anything can happen. Nothing would shock me. So let's chop it up. Say it happens. Let's say it happens. Let's say 2024 starts with an announcement that Monday Night Raw is coming. To Warner Brothers, they signed a deal, and I don't know if it matters, TBS or TNT or whatever, but let's just say it's going to be comparable to what AEW is now, and it's going to be on one of those channels, because I don't think they'd settle for anything less than that. It would have to be at that level, I would think. So 
If that happens, what does that look like? So I- I'm going to step back first. Jamal, what's your take on this? If it, if it were to happen, so what happens here? So uh, SmackDown is going to USA Network, yes? Yes. Correct. And presumably the WWE Network and the remnants of that on Peacock will remain unchanged, yes? Yes. Correct. Yes. Right. Peacock deal still has a bid on it, so the pay-per-views ain't moving anywhere right now. Right. So now this is just about Raw. Right. And I think if it's just about Raw, so let's say that they get the deal done and Raw moves to uh, the the TNT family. Mm -hmm. I like it. And and the reason why I like it is because WWE, from a production side, has their own uh, way of doing things. They host their own shows. They have their own production. They can do their own thing. Top to bottom, there really isn't much that TNT would need to do for them. And they basically, the only thing that WWE doesn't do is broadcast themselves. They produce everything themselves. So what what would be the incentive for them to sign with Turner versus ESPN versus, you know, another, a, a better deal with Fox Sports or CBS? And Showtime. And I think that you would probably want to go with TNT because TNT is trying to invest. Uh, Turner's trying to invest in sports. It's already called TNT Sports overseas. So I can see they already have an international platform because WWE had a pretty crummy international deal. They already have, uh, you know, the app which works with Bleacher Report and all that other stuff, too. It, it's a lot of the things that it's just a lot of the space that WWE is already in. But they don't reach the same audience that TNT, you know, would reach. So, when it comes to other sports, you got hockey, you got basketball, March Madness, playoff baseball. TNT is slowly evolving into like a third or fourth, you know, member of the twenty-four-seven sports, you know, family with ESPN top and ABC. You have CBS, then Fox, and then slowly but surely, you can't, you know. Uh, overlooked TNT, uh, Turner in that conversation. So I think the synergy is there. You know, WWE loves their brand partnerships. I can definitely see Charles Barkley getting RKO'd out of nowhere on inside the NBA. <laughs> um, you know, but but it's also the other things, you know, too, because of, you know, things like HBO Max and things, you know, and the Cartoon Network. All of the things that we wished AEW were doing with the Warner Brothers, I can see WWE getting into bed with. That's their bread and butter. It's what they're known for. Right. So all of those, um, you know, brand, uh, you know, cooperation, collaborative efforts between brands, I can definitely see The Miz hosting Shark Week, you know, or or something, (laughs) you know, like that. I can definitely see The New Day hosting a spot on Cartoon Network. Uh, Easily. Easily. So, you know, don't, God forbid, the New Day takes over a tsunami block or something like that. I, I'm just saying that, you know, WWE in general, this is kind of what they are looking for. They're looking for not just a distributor, they're looking for a partner. And mm-hmm. I would, and don't get me wrong, if they, if Disney were in play and they were to say the same thing, I would have said the same thing with Disney. Yep. You're damn right you need a WWE world at a Disney theme park. You absolutely need WWE and all of the Disney outlets, whether it's the Orlando Magic or, you know, or the Anaheim Angels or wherever, wherever else they own, wherever Disney is, WWE would be a part of that, too. Yep. Um, so, yeah, in the same way that, you know, Super Mario World at Universal Studios is a thing. WWE is all about the cross branding. And I think that Turner is just as good as anybody to help them with that in the demographic that they want, because CBS definitely skews older. You know, Disney and ABC, you know, is obviously the bread and butter with families. And Fox definitely skews a little bit older than that. And they've already have a deal with NBC. So I think it could work. It's something that I would like to see happen because they're looking for a partner and not just a distributor. And and I'll just add to that, Crab. I, I think you make great points. I've slowly, slowly seen TNT shape what they've done because it's all about drama for TNT. And sometimes it's all about comedy for TBS, but what you see on TNT and TBS and that family is a lot of repeat shows. There's not a lot of new content. And this is like the worst time in a way, 
when they had the actors and writers strike, where you really had no new content. But what did they do? They dominated with, like you said, NHL. They got NBA. They got MLB. Why not add wrestling to that? And the one night that they're not dominating based on the content that they have is Monday night. Now you have a staple where basically Monday through Friday, you have something to look at on TNT if you're a sports or sports entertainment fan. Because really, Tuesday through Friday, they have content related to sports and sports entertainment. So you yeah. put in that WWE on Monday. That's Basketball the perfect outlet. on Tuesday and Thursday, hockey That's Wednesday. Exactly. And then AEW, on Monday. AEW on Friday and Wednesday itself. So you got multitude of things that, that goes on. So I think it could be a win-win situation. And I think if WWE wants to tool or toy back in that TV 14, which remember, not too long ago, they say, yeah, we're going to TV 14. TNT is an avenue that can allow that stretching opportunity if they want to tip their toes into going to that TV 14. I think it's a win-win. I think it could be a smart move. And then now you got more content that's coming towards HBO Max. And let's say for futuristic sake, WWE might try to put some special content on HBO Max since AEW, not another wrestling promotion, has done that yet. So now you got Peacock and now you got HBO Max. And what if it's a situation where Warner Brothers and Universal wants to combine together? Now you can get both for $25 if you want to do a special price tag to come out both together. So it, it it's a lot of opportunities if WWE plants their seeds right. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, hold on, let's, real, real quick. The, uh, basically, Turner has to uh, figure their stuff out. Uh, you know, the elephant in the room is the fact that Turner is through several billion dollars in debt. Um, mm-hmm. The Warner Brothers Discovery as a whole... They're, they are trying to figure out their financial uh, step forward as the acquisition and the fallout from the acquisition of Discovery Networks is taking place. So they're trying to do both things at once in that they are trying to keep, and Lord knows they're trying to keep uh, their audience that they have and that they've built and they've grown, but also move forward in a way that doesn't torpedo the company. So, And I think that wrestling, just being cheap to produce, they don't have to do anything but other than put it on TV because WWE handles the production themselves. Um, and then on the other end of that, they would be able to uh, fit and mesh in a brand, uh, you know, situation. Also, also, uh, HBO Max definitely needs content. And who's to say that when the Peacock deal isn't over, what would that, sh- that transition look like to HBO Max? Because we know mm-hmm. that HBO Max is looking to, into live events as well. And right. you know maybe maybe they split the deal uh, because it, it we whenever when WWE first network first came out at nine ninety nine a month we all said this is too good to be true mm-hmm. and several million dollars in losses later it was too good to be true so realistically those days of getting the barn including the cows in it are over so I could definitely see a measured. Uh, you know, version of the network coming to HBO Max where you get maybe mm-hmm. some of the premium live events, but WrestleMania is a pay-per-view. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a mix of both where you get Raw events on, or SmackDown events on Peacock and Raw events on HBO Max and everybody shares WWE network content from the history. Um, you know, I can definitely see, even in the interim, Raw is live, but the next day it's on HBO Max. Um, you know, I mean, so there are a bunch of different ways to slice it. And I just think that the infrastructure is there from Warner Brothers to, to get it done. Um, and I think that they have their fingers and everything. Because we were just talking about how, like, when Mortal Kombat came out, it's a Warner Brothers game. Why aren't we getting AEW Wrestler X in Mortal Kombat? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you can, you can say, well, Mortal Kombat's coming out. They've had, uh, you know, other pop culture figure franchise why aren't we getting John John Cena? Hell, John Cena's in it as the peacemaker. But why aren't we getting, um, you know, Randy Orton transforming into an actual viper and biting somebody in half? Again, we can we can go all we can go into the cows come home about the different ways of corporate synergy that uh, Warner Brothers and WWE uh, will fit. But I I think that this would be interesting. Now, of course, the real question is: Let's say that this does happen. Where does that leave AEW? And right. that's thinking. the L. That is the elephant in the room, is what happens with AEW then, because history would show us WWE don't play well with others no. on their same network. You just got to look back to ECW. ECW had their deal on Nashville Network for a year, and that just happened to slide right up to when Raw was up for renewal on USA. 
and Raw had always been on USA, but Viacom, who owned National Network, suddenly was interested in rebranding that, becoming Spike TV, and they're like, you know what? We're going to throw our hat in the ring. Let's see if we can get Monday Night Raw. And sure enough, they did. And the moment they got it, ECW was out the door. That yep. was it. It was there was no ECW staying on here, like even like a late night slot or something. It was like bye bye, you're gone. Now, one thing to keep in mind: new ownership. We do have new ownership now. So, how the new owners would handle things, who knows? The UFC is on a ESPN, and they do have minor league MMA groups on there. So, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility. I would think the bigger issue would be the money it's going to take to get WWE, obviously, is a lot more money than they're paying for AEW. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a big jump in price there. Let's not forget, they're very much interested in keeping the NBA in some form. Maybe not as much as they have have right now. That's the big moneymaker. There's a lot of, they got their hands in the NBA. They got their hands in MLB. They got their hands in hockey. And NBA's up right now. So I would think the probably the biggest issue would be even if they wanted to keep AEW and even if WWE side TKO was okay with it, the money just might not be there to do it from what we're hearing financially to where I can't imagine them both being on the same network, especially like in a situation where they wouldn't want to be sharing advertising space and stuff like that. I, I, just, I can't, I can't imagine it. That, that's my take. Gotta sell us what you think. I mean, it's it's hard to say. The only thing I would say it will work because it's on different nights. Now, granted, they are competing as far as their advertisement. But if you say, hey, Monday is strictly focused on WWE and then Wednesday is strictly focused on AEW. And then, like you said, with basketball and baseball mixed in, which is kind of like two different times of the year. Like right now during the school year, basketball is dominating. When summertime is, that's when baseball dominated. And then they go opposite when it's their playoff time, which is their huge moneymaker. I just don't see anything that could contradict because you're advertising for different nights. Now, if it was on the same night, then I think it could be a problem. But because it's spaced out, you're just winning people coming over to TNT. I I, I think it could be a win-win. Uh, realistically, there's money that they're stronger together. Uh, you know, Dynamite does a pretty decent rating, and, and this main consistent what we're looking for from Dynamite is growth, and that's mm-hmm. what we're not seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE, you know, obviously, this isn't 1997 anymore, nope. and, and the television landscape looks a lot different than that time, so yep. they're well past their peak, but so is all the television. It is yep. what it is. I definitely think that they're competing for the same audience, just not at the same time, because if you're going to say that, well, WWE should partner with the NFL because Raw is on on Mondays, so is Monday Night Football. Well, that doesn't stop them from putting on the shows that they're going to put on. Yeah, it's not a guarantee that the Monday Night game is going to even be good. You know, between Team X and Team Y, um, nobody really wants to see a three nothing field goal fest. <laughs> but, <laughs> which just happened. Which just happened. Um, so so that that is a thing too. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen every week. So you can't really. Uh, cater your show to the competition. And I think that's part of the, for lack of a better phrase, identity crisis that AEW has. We're seeing a lot more sports and entertainment. We're seeing, you know, the same, you know, work rate that you would get on the indies. And for me, it's not really meshing cohesively as it used to. Now, putting that, you know, brand together on television, I don't think that that drives down AEW's number because I don't think WWE fans are going to go, well, I can't watch TNT because they have another wrestling program on there. Nope. No. Well, I don't I don't see why they wouldn't. And if anything, if anything, you do have other basketball on. The NCAA is doing their uh, men's basketball thing right now. March Madness is a thing that happens every year during the NBA season. On those networks. On the, and on those networks. And they use their same personalities, too, like for ones exactly. that's on NBA. You know, Charles Barkley will be yep. you know, at the Final Four and, and so on and so forth. So Kevin Harlan and all those guys. Yep. So it, it can be separate um, and doesn't, it doesn't have to feel completely segregated. And I do think that there's a lot of you – know, the two companies don't have to interact with each other. But they can share, not even the same space. Uh, but I think that it's obviously it's a bigger of an ego thing. Yeah. Um, if you are 
a company would you want your direct competition to be advertising on the network that you're on right. at any time? Well, your ego tells you no. Hell no. Get them out of here. And the, the opposite would be true for AEW. But realistically, as a wrestling fan, if I knew as a fan, this is my one-stop shop for mainstream wrestling in America, then TNT is always on. The network wins. Right. That's true. That's one way to look at it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we just actually we just laid out the schedule for the week with all right. Monday, <laughs> you know, basketball, hockey Wednesday, yeah. uh, dynamite on TBS. You have, uh, you know, basketball Thursday. Yep. And, you know, SmackDown's in USA on Friday. But if you're TNT, you got four out of the five days prime time. Yeah. Because we're talking eight o'clock Eastern on yep. Monday through Thursday, where TNT has a high profile live event on. Yep. Yep. Could this be interesting. Be- <laughs> 2024, folks. A new year is coming. There's new owners involved. So who knows? We will we will see. I, I, I'm thinking early January, we're gonna have our answer to what's going on here with where Raw is gonna end up. So we will see. We will see. Yeah. There we go. That our rumors of the day. We've uh taken care of that one. Let's talk about our old friend CM Punk because Last week, he hadn't shown up again yet. But what's interesting now is he has, like, set his roadmap for 2024. He laid out his plan this week for what he's doing. So for those who may not have seen things between SmackDown and uh, Raw this Monday where he got got, got finally met up with Seth Rollins face-to-face, apparently his plans for 2024 are quite simple. He is entering the Royal Rumble. He plans to win the Royal Rumble. And once that happens, he wants to be world champion. He wants to main event WrestleMania. So only thing. I mean, it doesn't get much simpler than that. (laughs) It does not get much simpler than that. Of course, that puts him in direct opposition to someone like Cody Mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. But uh, they set the groundwork. Story. I'm, you know, (laughs) that's hey. As I've said for a long time now, a finishing the story can be that you can't finish the story. You know, <laughs> sometimes the finishing of the story is that you can't complete the journey. So we will see. We will see. But Seth Rollins is already uh, crossing paths with CM Punk and making it clear he does not want him there. A hell of a promo this past Monday between those two, where it would seem the plan is to get to those two at WrestleMania. So here's the question. Is that drawing it out too far? Is this what CM Punk should be doing? Is this the best use of him? Because, hell, here it is December. WrestleMania ain't till April. There's a lot of time between now and then. Oh, and I guess the other part I almost forgot was his first opponent's been announced. He is going to have his first match back in WWE against Dominic Mysterio in Madison Square Garden at the Holiday House Show there the day after Christmas. So we have his first match back to, and they're doing it on a house show, which I thought was an interesting move. That's not going to be TV. So moving some holiday tickets for the garden while we're at it. So we have a roadmap for him now. So is this the path he should be taking, or is there a better way to go about things? You think, Celis, thoughts? This is the only path you can take. This is the easiest way where I bet when he signed, he says, if I'm coming back, I have to main event WrestleMania. Because remember, when he was back there 10 years ago, back in 2014, that's when he left over. He wanted to main event WrestleMania. He had his long-reigning time as a champion, and then he lost it to The Rock and everything of that nature. He had a great match against The Undertaker, which was rumored, or not rumored, which was speculated to be the main event or should have been the main event at the time. That's all he wanted. He's done everything in WWE except done the one thing that is the mecca for certain wrestlers. Let me main event the Super Bowl of my event. And I think this is the only way. You can't put him up against Roman. Um, I think that's just unfair to do that. I think Seth Rollins and the story that they built up for when he returned and how Seth kind of started that with his irateness when he came back to the promo that they have, this is the plain and simple script that only needs to happen. And it's plain and simple like you laid it out, Will. Let him win the Rumble. He's going to choose between Roman and Seth. Let him choose Seth so whoever goes against Roman can battle it out in the chamber. It's the only thing you do. And when you main event him, you main event him on Saturday night. So Mm -hmm. let that close the Saturday night. So once again, it's not the Sunday main event. Do it like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Let Mm -hmm. him main event. And I think this will be the perfect time 
for Seth to now officially lose the belt so that way he can win it on main event, uh, or excuse me, or the main event of WrestleMania. And I think, of course, with the rumors of Seth and Becky's contract ending, I, I don't even know if they want to stop wrestling right now so they can spend time as a family and maybe take a break for a little bit and have them come back later. This would be a good time just to let Seth go about his way and maybe Becky go about their way for a little bit and let CM Punk have his moment. But then again, if CM Punk wins, it's a good way to take the belt off of them if you want to do a cash-in, if you want to do a Damian Priest. So it's also interesting that they're using uh, uh, Madison Square Garden with this first match against Dominic. So that way you have the Judgment Day still being a part of CM Punk and still can protect him for right now and be in the face. So I think it's the only way that you can do it. If you do it a different way, I think you're going to mess up the momentum that he has. Once again, I did not care that CM Punk was coming back to WWE. I thought it was going to happen one day. Now that it's here, this is the last way that you can use CM Punk in the right way. Might as well make it simple, make it make sense. Obviously, with CM Punk less and more, uh, it doesn't, you know, he for, he's only going to appeal to a certain type of the audience, and those are the, going to be the people that know. Um, those are going to be people that, so the people that know and genuinely like CM Punk and thought that he fell into, like, off uh, the face of the earth, and now he's reappeared again. It's going like, well, what happened? Yeah. And then, of course, there going to be the people that know that he left and then, you know, appeared in AEW and that lasted for a short time. And then it is what it is. And then he came back. Okay, cool. For everybody else, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit of context needed for whatever he does and why he's so important. But that's why I think less is, is more. Um, there is a new, he hasn't been at WWE in what, 10 years? So there's, yeah. Yeah, so there's a whole new audience uh, that is used to Roman Reigns and and the guys that have been there, you know, that are running WWE right now. And then here he comes and he's put in a you know position of privilege. Yep. It, it you know we've heard the story before in AEW, and the first thing that we said, you know, I think you know you, you said it will is uh, specifically where does uh, Adam Page factor into all of this? When you're moving right. at so many guys that should that are in his spot that are going to be placed above him that pushes him down the ladder. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I don't know who that person is that CM Punk is bumping down the ladder. Um, maybe that person is Cody. You know, I mean, I, I say in jest that Cody won't finish the story, but realistically, uh, Punk Rollins is the feud that we get right now. Yep. You know, and, and so where does that leave Cody? So... And, and yeah, Roman's been absent and hasn't been advertised anywhere. So when did he? When does he come back in a, in a meaningful way? We know that he's got the Lesnar schedule now. Yeah. So that is, you know, kind of a, a thing. Also, now you have to like not necessarily reestablish Punk because they came out with the merch. He got the pop that he wanted in Chicago. Okay, cool. But to keep that momentum going. Uh, you know, less is more. And I think that, you know, Punk and Rollins, you know, with their promo listed um, and their, their program listed, rather, it's, you know, you can definitely keep that going through the Royal Rumble. And realistically, the road to WrestleMania is not a long one. Yeah. So I don't know what happens WrestleMania because we still have to factor in Roman. We still mm-hmm. have to factor in Cody. We still have to factor in those that are hanging on the bubble. Will Drew McIntyre even be there? Um, you know, does Lashley fit in in this in any way? What will will Brock make his uh, quarterly appearance? <laughs> you know, a lot of people are glad right now that WrestleMania is two nights these days. <laughs> right, you need it. You need it. Right, you, you kind of need it so that people can get that moment um, instead of having that moment at two two a.m. Yeah. So, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that WWE will use him sparingly. Um, and let him do let 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 the kind of like just ride the wave a little bit. Um, as far as him working a house show, it's not just a house show. Raw yeah, isn't live right. next week uh, because of Christmas, or That's Raw true. isn't live that week because of Christmas. So the very next night in New York, they're doing a big show at Madison Square Garden, yeah. and that's going to start off the hell week of house shows before yeah. they get back to things come New Year's. Yeah. So it's it's another good reason to a you know continue the house show circuit, but then build up the credibility uh, while Raw isn't on TV to give people something to talk about. So, 
uh, yeah, it, it seems like they definitely have more of a blueprint for CM Punk than what the blueprint looked like for AEW, which is not surprising. But I think you know, stretching this out to WrestleMania, which is early April. So we're talking in two weeks, four months. Well, that's about how long an AEW pay per view cycle is, and the <laughs> WWE has two, uh, you know, two pay per views in between then. So I'm not particularly worried because if if he if we do get enough of Punk, they still have other guys that can uh, be put in that position so that Punk gets his much needed time off. Mm-hmm. Guys like Walter, guys like uh, well not Wesley because he's injured, but guys like uh, in NXT, you know, Carmelo Hayes is coming up, you know, to do a thing. When will Braun Breaker make his uh, official uh, ascension to the roster? So they're they're definitely some. They have a lot more pieces. You know, if Punk gets a little bit longer in the tooth, all right, cool. We can sit him down and we can move somebody right into that spot. But in the short term, the Royal Rumble being a month away, uh, yeah, that that's an easy promo between him and Rollins, and that's a good first promo too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. I think this is a case where. The most obvious story is the best story. It's just, it's right in front of you. All the pieces are there. The only real work they got to do, they started doing this past Monday, where for the folks that don't know all the drama from elsewhere, they had Seth explaining that part to them. Like, you left and you talked bad about us and said all these things online. And Wanda, you, know, you worked to, da- to hurt things here and to damage everything that we've done. And you think you can just come back. So there, there is time to tell the story. For right. those that aren't familiar of why it's an odd situation for CM Punk to be back in WWE and what he did in the meantime and all this. So that, yeah, it's, I can't think of anything that would pay off as good as this. And it's also hell we're in that phase right now where everyone's kind of like, you know, waiting to see, all right, is he going to play ball? Is he going to be cool so far? So good. But you know, Water can get choppy very quickly around him. So this is also like, you know, go with the pat hand, go with the easy deal and let's see how it goes. Let's see if this is smooth sailing. And then we go from there. All right, folks, we are going to take our mid show break. When we come back, we have the indie spotlight coming up and then we're going to talk about NXT and the new gimmick match they created because they got some interesting stuff going on down there. And I think we might be seeing in that possibly outside of NXT Sooner rather than later, because when something's this good, it tends to uh, not stick around there for too long. But that and some more stuff coming in the second half of the fo- ah, show, folks. Stay with us. Your Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back right after this. Are you a fan of all things media? Are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports? Then you need to check out Big Old Belt Media. We're the ultimate destination for all things entertainment and media. With the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm. Our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're not just an online destination. We attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt Media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow us on all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan, or just a casual like some people, Big Gold Belt Media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So what are you waiting for? Check us out today at BigGoldBelt.com. That's BigGoldBelt.com. Welcome back, folks. When we start our second half off here on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, we like to check out what's going on with the indies. So here's Giant Crab with this week's Big Gold Belt Indie Wrestling Spotlight. Yep, and this week we're going out to Los Angeles for Circle Six Wrestling. It's the King of the Death Matches 2023. We've been talking about it all month, but we're really excited about the show. Uh, December 30th at the Don Quixote. Uh, that's in Los Angeles, California. That's 2811 East Olympic Boulevard in Los Angeles. Uh, you can get your tickets at uh, circle6.shop. That's circle the number six dot shop. Uh, check them out on Twitter, circle the number six underscore co, circle six underscore co. But it's uh, December 30th, a uh, good way to end the year with a little bit of uh, deathmatch uh, wrestling out there in Los Angeles. Circle six wrestling presents the king of the deathmatch tournament. And you know, so all they have all the match card, everything's listed on their Twitter. 
Um, it's going to be a hell of a show uh, out there. It's definitely one that you want to want to get. And tickets are moving. Uh, first row is already sold out. Uh, plenty of tickets available, but you don't want to be that guy that waits too long before you don't get the seat that you want. And it's one of the interesting things about the ticket situation here is that you can pick the actual seat that you want. There are no excuses. There are no mistakes. There are no bartering for you know this your sort of seat of interest. But uh, go ahead and get it. Get it right now. Get get hell. Get it for Christmas. Uh, or what are the whatever holiday you're celebrating this time of year, uh, get it for yourself. Treat yourself to uh, the Circle Six Wrestling, uh, the King of the Deathmatch Tournament 2023 at the Don Quixote on December 30th. That's out in Los Angeles, California, and that's the indie spotlight for this week. There we go. I've always thought that wrestling tickets are a very easy stocking stuffer, and especially if they're indie wrestling tickets, then they're not having to spend a whole heck of a lot to have an event out for the evening. Right. So. Look into it, folks. Lots of indies running this holiday season as we head into the new year. So last weekend, NXT Deadline. We talked about it last week on the show. Old uh, NXT TakeOver Bridge Bridgeport, as we yeah. like to call it, as they're up there in Connecticut. Um, the highlight of this show, easily, by a wide margin, it seems, is the new NXT Iron Survivor match that they, they started up last year. And I don't know if it's maybe as many people didn't see it last year or what for the first time around, but this was only the second go around of it. So there's only been four of these matches in total, mm -hmm. but the two they did this past weekend, they really seem to catch people's attention this time around and pretty universal praise up for what I saw. And I didn't get to see the show live that night. I watched it uh, the next day and, uh, so all the hype was kind of out there about, you know, all these Iron Survivor matches are pretty darn good. They're, they really did something. Here. I think they got something hot on their hands. And lo and behold, I watched both the matches, the women's and the men's one. And by the end of it, I was like, folks ain't kidding. <laughs> these are pretty damn good. So and it's interesting to me because I'm not a huge fan of um, Iron Man matches or marathon matches where there's like a clock involved. But the adding in the intervals to this to where it's like, okay, you got, you know, it's not just two people the whole time you got other people entering the match you got the penalty box there's enough moving pieces here that they really held my attention they did a lot of creative stuff with this so i think nxt's got something on their hands here and it's been quite a long time since we've gotten a new gimmick match that's actually like got potential and legs and it's like good and uh they got something here. Sean Michaels and the NXT 2.0 folks have come up with something. So, Salas, did, did you get to see the Iron Survivor matches? I did, and I loved right. both of them. Loved both of them. But here's the one stipulation that you have to do to make these things work. You have to book them properly. And I got to give a shout-out to the men's side because literally when I was watching, you know, I was hoping for Trick Williams to win. I, I felt like he should have won that match. But it was like, what, two minutes ago? And I was like, man... He, he only he only have any uh, pins right now. I say, there's no way he's going to win. And then, boom, has one pin. Boom, has another. And I was like, really, is this going to happen? So you make a setup where the match flowed very perfectly where each person had their spot, but then you had that comeback at the end that didn't seem cheesy. It seemed very realistic, and it was timed properly. And the right person, I thought, won. And I think you really can do these gimmick matches in a good way. And I even throw back to another gimmick match that I used to love that you can do all in one show. And I mean, like a Raw and a SmackDown, the Beat the Clock Challenge. I really loved when they had that because that way, whoever set the time in the beginning, when it's done right, got a chance to either corrupt or try to alter the time at the end so they could save their time. I think it's, you know, very well done. This match kind of reminds me of that championship scramble. Because if you remember that championship scramble where mm. the Brian Kendrick was actually right. a world heavyweight champion at a small time, just of how that worked. So whoever got pinned became the champion for that moment. And then they remained champion until they got pinned. So it was just very interesting to see how they do it. But it depends on how they book the match. So when you think about money in the bank match, when you think about the elimination chamber, they became staple premium live events because they had early bookings that were very mm. well done. And I think if you can book them the right way, you can have these creative gimmick matches, but it has to make sense and book the right way. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, it has to be booked the right way. Every match has to be booked the right way. But I think uh, as we were talking about it before last, well, last week, 
uh, weren't really sure how the match was going to work. The rules seemed a bit overcomplicated. And, you know, you know, for wrestling fans, you know, the simplest thing may be the best thing sometimes. Yeah. Yep. And then when you look at it, it's like, no, this is this is sports. This is exactly what sports is. Yes. Uh, because if you watch any sport and you go into a, if you're watching any sport and you're a fan of any sport, you know the intricacies, you know the ins and outs, and you can compare it to something else. And then a person that has no idea what they're watching, doesn't matter what the sport is, it might have to be speaking a different language. Right. So with this thing, uh, I like the thing I like the is the most is the fact that both matches, both equally good, were so very different. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it was the same match, but it was uh, it was presented in a totally different way. And it, it wasn't like an Iron Man match where uh, where the match is going on, but only the last five minutes matter. Or right. it wasn't like a, a championship scramble or the beat the clock challenge where um, somebody you know does a thing and you're just trying to get the squash or, or whatever the case is. But the this thing, when I thought about what we saw, I started thinking about what we didn't see. Yeah. Hmm. And I started thinking about the other ways that this match could have been presented. And if you didn't watch it, it's definitely worth a watch. And the pay-per-view overall was pretty damn good. But yeah. I think the timing was perfect. 25 minutes is a good time. Yeah. It's not a complete half an hour so that you have time to get the, the promo packages in. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, the champion, to the, the winner to celebrate afterwards. That segment of a half an hour, and this is kind of what my thoughts were last week, was that it's a half an hour. The other match is a half an hour. The, sh- the show is three hours. That means that the other uh, you know, five matches uh, or, or four matches have plenty of time to go and do what they need to do. And looking at the time limits of everything, um, you know, 10 minutes for Dragon Lee uh, versus uh, Mr. Dominic Mysterio. That's a good that's a good length. That's a good way to kick it off. Then you had the 25 minute Iron Survivor. OK, cool. Carmelo Hayes and Lexus King. eh? they went 11 minutes. Cool. They didn't need to do more than that. They actually yep. made kept it, it moving. Much. Yep. Kept they it kept moving. it moving. Then we had another Iron Survivor match. That's 25 minutes. Uh, Kiana James and Roxanne Perez. Okay. Nice come down match. The cage match. 11 minutes. Cool. They got in. They got out. I'm good. And then, of course, the main event was 20 minutes. 20 minutes for a Baron Corbin match is about 15 minutes too long for me. But <laughs> it is the main event. It is for the NXT champion. Uh, and, and, and 20 minutes makes sense. It helps with the pacing of the show, yeah. and it also helps with its with the hard twenty five minute time limit. You don't have to wonder how long you're going to be there. Nope. Yeah, you know, it, you can definitely say that. Like, okay, now we are. You know, I know that this show is on on point to end and whatever. WrestleMania, because it's WrestleMania, it does go a little bit long, but that's acceptable. Royal Rumbles can be damn near ninety minutes, and they do two of them. Yeah. You know, it's a lot. Lord. It's that's a, a lot, lot on one show. That's a, that's a lot on one show, and you get to X number of other matches, three or four other matches. You know, that's a long show. So the the point is overall, and notice that we're not really talking about the action that happened within the match because realistically, I don't remember any of it because it was so much. You know, there were so many little things that were happening, so many um, you know, ways that it was set up. But I will say, like Lash Legend pinning two people at once. I thought that was yeah. very interesting. They made yeah. Lash look like a million bucks in that. Exactly. Um, which and I, I was interested to see if they that they counted the two pinfalls for her because mm. they put one over top of the other and she was over top of both of them. Well, wouldn't the person in the middle, middle. get the pin right, for, right. Yes. <laughs> for the person on the bottom? They didn't do that obviously. There. They didn't do that obviously, but that could have changed. If they were to do that, they would have changed the structure of the score as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, now that you're looking at this as a sport, there were moments where you're like, well, wait a minute. If he pins this guy and there's only two people in the ring, then that means that there are no available pinfalls left because everybody's in the box for a yeah. number of times. Yeah. What do you do? Do you right. wear him down and pin him quickly and then get to the next person that just comes out of the box? Now we're talking strategy. Yeah. And, and even though it is wrestling, it is a work. The first thing Marcella said was, we need to book this properly. And yeah. then once you realize that it's booked properly, you lose sight of the fact that it's a work and you start talking legit strategy. How do you win this game? And after after seeing both of them, and those are obviously the two matches that stood out to me, and it was a pretty damn good show, 
if this matches in 2K24, oh, I I I might pick it up. Oh, I agree. <laughs> and I haven't picked up a game since 17, so right. I I would agree. Uh, 13 for me. So I would say that like if this is if if they can make if they can replicate that in 2K, we might have to talk about it. And can you imagine the online <laughs> platform of that of people wanting to join? And oh, that'll be amazing. Because be now amazing. we're talking actual strategy and how do you win this match? Because it's not just bum rush everybody, gets get out to a seven-nothing lead. Well, no, you can't race to a seven-nothing lead. No, nope. there's only five people in the match. And if you pin yeah. all four of them, that's the best you can do until somebody comes back out. Yep. Yeah. So there yeah, is some strategy to get some ship into it. So yeah. You know, so yeah, and it, you know, I mean, there was a lot. Uh, watch the match if you haven't seen it. Uh, you know, it's definitely worth it. Definitely. But I think hats off to both sides, the men's and the women's. And honestly, it kind of makes me want to watch the first one because I want to see what they did differently. Mm. Yeah, the first year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, thinking about that, yeah, I'd be curious to go back and watch the first one again just because I have no real memories of the first ones. Yeah. So now it's like, yeah, how did they? do it the and, first and time the around because it clicked so well it might have been a case of you know they need to work some kinks out the first time around and this time they knew better like okay no this this didn't work in this one this didn't work in this one now we do it this way yep. and the, the stars aligned this time around but in uh, commentary kept explaining that like this was the first match so it kind of makes me believe that maybe it wasn't as received as well as it could have been a reboot um because they were really explaining the match, the match as it went along, mm-hmm. as good commentary should. But they really were driving the point home that, okay, now we know what this means and and, and all these other things. Cool. So it really felt like a first time in, in the way the commentary was displaying the match. But um, but yeah. Now the question is because it's NXT, where does it show up on the main roster? Right. <laughs> because now that it's clicked, I, I think. If if they can string a couple along of these, I think this is a Saudi match. This is a perfect, um, you know, this is a perfect Saudi match. Uh, it doesn't have to be any. It doesn't need its own pay per view. It's not money in the bank. We have enough of those already. Yeah, we right. don't want to make it a thing where uh, where it becomes diluted. Yeah, but it's a, but if it's a good Saudi show, the Saudis your shows are good within themselves, but they don't feel connected. You know, canically to the uh, to the rest of the main roster. So I think it's something that you can have every year, but kind of forget about. It's in the back of your mind versus the Royal Rumble, which is at the forefront, or Money in the Bank or Survivor Series, which is at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And, I, and let me add that to it. Um, I'll take your starting match and let me raise it. I think this should be for a mid card title or a title you want to bring back. So think about this: if you had this match and the winner of this becomes your Intercontinental Champion or you're going to become the U.S. champion. Or, hell, let's say you want to bring back the European championship match just for that <laughs> to expand and get more players on your card where you can have this type of scramble to, to do that, then I think it could happen. Um, so I would love, hypothetically, if the European title came back and you fought this. Think about the certain things that you could do with those you know up-and-coming wrestlers that could compete for a title for that. So... I, I would take what you said, Krabby, and raise it to that, make it a four belt. But, but even as a uh, you know, title match, this was a, was a number one contendership match the whole time uh, for the pay-per-view. And, I, you know, you already have the uh, Rollins, um, definitely not a placeholder belt uh, because Roman needs to, needs to hold on to the title forever belt championship. You, you could easily have uh, a scramble for that because notice that, Roman's been like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. That's been not necessarily cooling off, but with kind of like, oh, we have so much to distract us when he comes T- back. Timing it for the new year, clearly. Right, right. It's going to be a thing when he finally comes back. So we don't need to pay attention to that. Look at Rollins and CM Punk and, and everybody else that's involved. But then what if that match is, uh, you know, just before uh, WrestleMania or Fastlane or whatever the pay-per-view is, you know, what if that thing is the number one contendership match with the Royal Rumble winner, uh, you know, with, you know, and, and so on. So whatever they decide to do. So well, speaking of that, our boy Damian G chiming in here. Would this replace the Elimination Chamber? It should. Because it basically so. is Elimination Chamber. I think they, they can be two separate. They can, they can be two separate things. Yeah. In their own ways. But yeah, it, it's interesting because both cases, 
Um, they haven't done you know, the NXT ones we just saw. They were both for no, number one contenderships. They mm-hmm. weren't for a title. So, and the Elimination Chamber typically has always just been, you know, for the other title match at WrestleMania or something like that. So, I don't know. But yeah, it might, maybe the idea would be a, you, you easily could insert this in place of Elimination Chamber. But oh, and, oh, yeah, the pods could be the penalty box. They could, but the I think there's. The cage. So, oh, gee, I think, wait. Do oh my god, I didn't think of this. So these rules, but in the elimination chamber. Okay, I could do that. These rules in the elimination you, chamber, you but I think you can't absolutely. I think you can't take that structure away because, in a way, in my personal opinion, mm. I think elimination chamber has kind of taken over why we don't see as many cage matches or mm-hmm. hell in a cell. But you make a great point, Will. Well, that red cage kind of is the reason why we don't see many <laughs> hell in a cell. True, but the way Damien you, you kind of put that on on the spot about the pods can be the penalty box. That's an interesting concept. That is an interesting concept. But I still think you call it the elimination chamber, but you may modify it with these rules. Hmm. That's, that's an a, interesting that's a great twist. Point. Yeah, uh, but but I also think that because we were talking about something else and how would you want to do it in in, in the same space, and and that's like well. And I forget what, what match it was, but like Survivor Series or something like that. Yep. Could yeah. you have this match now at Survivor Series? And could you have it again? And, you know, time, of course, would need to separate them. But I think a limit. But it's also the why. Um, you know, in the road to WrestleMania, we already have several number one contendership matches that jockey back and forth between, you know, between then and WrestleMania. Right. So I think obviously it's the Iron Survivor. So Survivor Series, which we've been trying to, you know, uh, retool. We're not doing war games every year. Yeah. Like we don't, that's what it was. Do we need war games and Hell in a Cell? Hmm. You know, do we need uh, Elimination Chamber and Iron Survivor Challenge? So that's why I think that kind of like distance between the two. Yes, you can have war games in November and Hell in a Cell in February. Or whenever you decide to do it, but they just need to be kind of distant from each other, which is yeah. why I say this works in the Saudi show, because Saudi shows isn't anything that you're going to refer back to too many times after it ends. Yeah. yeah. But it's also but, something that you can look forward to independently. Yeah. Between the Saudi shows and the few B shows they still have, that there's one that's where I think it would fit best. Because you have these little smaller shows still that need something. Right. So uh, some extra what's simple. the thing in Australia? Uh, is that payback? That's elimination here. Payback. Um, yeah. Backlash is going to be in France. Back. Yeah. Right. Okay. So backlash is in when France. It, they got a show in Germany. And then we have the one coming up in Germany too. So yeah. these these other shows, like you, you need some for these other shows. So yeah. there, there's absolutely places it can be fit in. So it. I don't think it's going anywhere. No, I, I like it. Ideas too, I so. like that. <laughs> but, but I also think you know, and and a big you know, uh, big ups to the people that were in the match. Um, all of them, even Kalani Jordan, who missed everything and went back first into the table, and, and my chair broke when she uh, <laughs> when she did that. Uh, you need people that can handle the match to work the match. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, if they, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with them swapping for NXT. NXT but, needs they, gimmick matches too. They, they need a thing. Yeah, yeah they, they need. You can't thing. just tell everything from NXT. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. I think they work on getting into 2K24, but also you know, that's job number one. <laughs> that's the that's the priority. That's job number one. <laughs> uh, but number two, you know, NXT did still need something for them, and uh, yeah. you know, and I do agree with that. I personally would like to see it stay as an NXT exclusive thing, but um, but you also need the clientele. You know, I don't know if the WWE women can work. The, I don't think they have five women that can work this match. Mm. You need the right people. You, you need the, the right, right people. people. Sure. You know, and if you have, and if you think you got five, you really need 10 because you can't do it uh, every single year with, with the same five. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, Kalani Jordan, more importantly, uh, me and her chiropractor were both <laughs> <laughs> saying a silent prayer. Oh, no. Uh, and she finished Damn. the match too. So again, you need yeah. the right personnel. Folks out through it one way or another. Yeah. All right. Let's get our home stretch here. We are a couple minutes left on this deal. A lot going on tonight. My God. So, 
all these shows happening. I almost forgot today when I was laying things out. It's like, there's a Ring Honor show this weekend. <laughs> Which I can understand why I was forgetting about it. Because as we often talk about, the paywall of Honor is 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 forgotten about. You know, it it it, it just is what it is. But tomorrow night down in uh, Texas is Final Battle 2023. Yep. So this is an odd card looking at it here. So here's what we got going on at Final Battle. We have Dalton Castle versus Commander versus Kyle Fletcher versus Lee Johnson versus Lee Moriarty versus To Be Decided in a Survival of the Fittest Finals for the Vacant ROH Television Championship that Samoa Joe decided he didn't want. We have Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor. So old tag partners colliding down there. We have an I Quit match with Ethan Page and Tony Nese. We have a Jay Briscoe Memorial Fight Without Honor, FTR and Mark Briscoe taking on the Blackpool Combat Club of Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, Athena versus Billy Starks for the ROH Women's World Championship, which is by far the, the most promoted thing Ring of Honor seems to be doing these days is Athena's run with the world women's title down there. And then last but not least, Hijo Del Vikingo versus Black Taurus for the triple a mega championship. So a quite a odd card to me. Cause I'm like, God, there's, there, there's no ROH title. There's no, there's like the TV titles vacant and kind of being decided. And like, we got a tag match. We have the women's chair. I'm, I'm assuming the women's championship is the main event. But then again, I look at that fight without honor with FTR and Brian Danielson and, John Moxley, maybe that is just because of the star power. I would think one of those two got to be the main event, but this is interesting because we got this card and here's the other thing. It's not on pay-per-view like the other ones have been. This is, you have to get Honor Club now. So, I don't yeah. guys, what are we doing here? Are we talk about Ring of Honor and just like what purpose is it serving here? And they're doing a pay-per-view tomorrow night. So, I don't know. Yeah. What's the deal? There's a couple of things with this, and I'll make it quick. Um, Eddie Kingston is the ROH World Champion. Isn't that belt a part of the Fusion belt? That's, that's right. The, at- the, 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 the Continental Classic. It's part of that. Right. So that explains why. So they took their it. biggest belt and molded it with the other big belt from New Japan, uh, America, and they're going to make the Fusion title at Continental Classic. So Right. So there's that. Um, there is no television champion because Samoa Joe doesn't care. And uh, the pure division, which is the best thing about Ring of, Ring of Honor, uh, aside from Athena's you know hellacious run, um, Yuta isn't doing a thing with that on this card uh, either, I don't think. Um, uh, what's listed. his face? Uh, Friedman and uh, Adam Cole are the uh, tag team champions. And the, um, the embassy... Are the six man tag team champions? What is the show? <laughs> I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. Their, their champions are all over the place, and they're not on the show. You have the memorial fight without honor, which again dilutes the product. Um, but it, it's it it just doesn't make sense of what the show is. And then you're having it in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex area, <clears throat> which is which is one thing. And yeah, tickets aren't looking great either. It's Friday during rush hour in the DFW Metroplex. If you don't know what that means, terrible. It's beyond terrible because they're two big cities and they put it in the middle of the two big cities. And then you're expected to drive an hour to go to the show. It doesn't make sense why this thing is on Friday. Garland during Texas. rush hour. <laughs> I I don't I, yeah I, I don't get it. Why isn't Ring of Honor running the smaller venue? Why aren't they running in the territories that made Ring of Honor famous? Baltimore, Philly, New York, Milwaukee, Northeast, uh, Atlanta, the Northeast in general, and Atlanta. I don't know, but they're in Texas doing rush hour, and they expect people to come see who, because their main champion is Eddie Kingston, and. And it's worse than New York City traffic because there is no transit infrastructure. You can't really catch the train anywhere. Uh, it's it's a mess. And everybody drives in Texas. So the point is, is that they did it on a Friday. What is Ring of Honor competing with while they couldn't do it on a Saturday? 
oh, collision, stop it. Stop. No, and so, also, instead they go up, so instead they go up against SmackDown, you know? Right. So, and, and With Roman course, Reigns returning for the first time in weeks. <laughs> so, and it's on Honor Club. So not only do they not really advertise the pay-per-view, they haven't even advertised how you can watch the damn thing. And then they put the show during rush hour on a Friday. Make it make sense. So I'm just going to say it simply. I'm going to call this the giant crab show on Hi. Friday and say, do I care? Oh, and I don't shoot. care about this show at all. Like, I, it's, it's, it's not good all the way around. Now, will they perform and try their best they can? Yeah, sure, but mm-mm. I'm yeah. still not over Samoa Joe just throwing away a championship that he doesn't want anymore. I'm still not over that. Yeah, I mean, Athena versus Billy. I mean, like, honestly, all of the matches look fine. Right. But they would have looked better on Saturday when I had more organic time to watch it. Because, you know, it, it's Friday at, at what, 7 or 8 o'clock. Um, you know, that's SmackDown time, if, if I were so inclined. But, but either way, I mean, we can go on and on about that. The point is, is just that um, they run this uh, pretty decent-sized building for Ring of Honor. And I say decent-sized because Ring of Honor isn't really advertised. It's behind the paywall. It's something that AEW, AEW really doesn't focus on. So why would you expect? And it was already a niche thing anyway. This wasn't like Ring of Honor you know, lost 90% of its audience. Its audience was already smaller in number. So... I, I just don't understand the methodology behind bringing this thing. And it's not even like an, an authentic brand by itself because most of the Ring of Honor roster are just AEW product that they can't get on Dynamite. And they're bringing in Blackpool Combat Club to prop up the show, essentially. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Lee Johnson, God bless him. And I love Lee Johnson. I think he's a hell of a talent. But we know damn well why he's in Ring of Honor. So then... If you want to make Ring of Honor the NXT of AEW, cool. Make it that. If you want to make Ring of Honor, you know, uh, the, the shotgun Saturday night of, of AEW, cool. Make it that. But it needs to be something other than the brand that, you, that used to have CM Punk on it 20 years ago. Yeah. It it needs an identity. I, I like – I'm sure that Athena and Billy Starks match is going to be really damn interesting. If everything yeah. on there, that's the one I'd probably be like – Okay, uh, that I might try to track down after the fact, but yeah. I'm definitely not sweating it Friday night, and I sure as hell ain't signing up for Honor Club to try and uh, make this thing happen. I ain't going right. through all that trouble, you right. know? <laughs> oh, my God. We'll, yeah. we'll see. I mean, I, what they're going to do in 2024, I I don't know. I, I don't know what, what the role is here. And, and, and you got to wonder what that means to Warner Brothers because don't they own a chunk of AEW? No, there's been talk. I don't know if they do for sure or not, but who knows? So, I mean, so it is, it is kind of a thing. And, and that's also a thing too. They cut dark for this. And I'm not saying that because dark was my favorite product, but it's just that dark was was, so flexible. No, I mean, yeah, it is my favorite product. Full stop. But dark was so flexible that you don't have to shoehorn everything into this. It could just be dark. And maybe, and that's actually a thing that people complained about. Why are we watching 25 matches in a row that don't have any meaning? Well, why are we watching, um, you know, uh, Ring of Honor? Well, for no meaning. Da- Damien's dropping the truth bombs here. <laughs> oh man! Oh, Even man, Matt oh, Taven's man. on Dynamite. So there you go. <laughs> oh boy, there we go. There we go. All right, quick as we finish up here because Impact is on as we're doing this, and they're about to go through their TNA rebranding. Myron Kids telling us, "Oh snap, TNA trying to load up hard to kill Snake Eyes." Osprey Okada by Kingo's and Beyonders. The TNA relaunch, I am very curious about. I'm excited. Yeah. For Coming it. in a couple of weeks. I, I'm definitely curious about that. I will go out of my way to, I think, to see that first show. Yeah. Very yeah, curious about that. that in the new year. We got weeks to talk about that ahead. So yeah. we are at our hour, folks. We are at our hour. Been a busy show tonight. This is a fun one. We had a lot going fun on. Fun show. Tonight. Fun show. Fun show as we head towards the holidays. Yes, indeed. 
Thursday nights, 8 p.m., folks, your Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast is right here streaming live, YouTube, Twitch, all those platforms you like, streaming on X, all that kind of stuff. The next day, it drops in podcast form on all your favorite podcast platforms, so whether you want video or audio, we have you covered. On social media, you can always find us at Big Gold Belt on all the social media platforms, and of course, BigGoldBelt.com. For all the full website action with movie reviews and all that kind of stuff. Like we said, Iron Claw review, our uh, non-spoiler version is up. And the full review is in the can and coming shortly. Plus some interviews with uh, folks involved. Got to talk to the director recently. So 2 chains will be dropping that with some inside stuff. So lots of stuff coming, folks. Big Gold Belt Media, wrestling, movies, comics, and more. Stay safe this holiday season as we get closer to the end of the year. And stay warm because it's getting cold out there, folks. Until then, we will see you next week, folks. Have a good time. Watch some wrestling. And we will talk to you then. That's all I really need. That big old belt.